As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download. And all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start, start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Today, I am truly, truly honored to be with an American hero, Dom Rosso. I've been trying to get him on the show for quite a, quite a long time, so this has uh, been a long time coming. Really excited, really pumped to have him on the show and to be able to have him share his experience, his mindset with you guys, and I know you're going to take away a ton from this interview. Um, so before I bring him on, Dom is a 12-year veteran Navy SEAL and the owner of Dynamis Alliance and Adaptive X. Both are equipment and apparel companies bringing the best quality and function to the market in everyday low-visibility gear. They offer products such as jeans, belts, bags, blades, t-shirts, holsters, belt clips, and that's just the beginning. Dom believes it's our duty and our uh, duty to honor and respect the sacrifices made by the men and women who have sacrificed for us. Dom's mission is to educate, train, and equip fellow warriors and citizens to become assets to themselves, their families, and this country. Dom, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Jim. I'm pumped, man. Becoming assets. And I don't know if there's a better asset in the world than a warrior dad. We need more of them. So I was pumped to come on here, man. I love what you're doing. You know, it's the base foundation of bringing our kids into the world in a better place, making them better and setting them up for success, which we know today we're having a really hard time doing, especially the masses. And it's, it's important to keep that mentality of, okay, so I'm looking at your logo, right? You've got a Spartan helmet and you've got warrior dads. Well, first of all, you always go back to the mentality of it took 300 guys to defeat an entire army and really make a huge impact with a small amount of men. And mm -hmm. I believe that if we keep that mentality of it only is going to take a small amount of men to be warriors, but to truly convict themselves of that, to make an impact to the world, to be better fathers and lead the next generation. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's actually the first time anyone's actually ever kind of put that together with the logo. You like the tie that's in the helmet there? Totally. Yeah, it's How awesome, I, man. It's, it's kind of like logo. the everyday guy, right? It doesn't. Yeah. It's, not, it's not about, <laughs> you know, just being, you know, a warrior dad. It's not just being about being a soldier or if you're in the military, you know, active duty or former military or something like that or first responder. It's just, you know, it's everyday people, right? Yeah, it's in our blood. It's in our blood to be warriors. 
Mm-hmm. It's in our lineage. It's in our DNA. It's in our history. And like the tie on there, the modern guy, right, mm-hmm. is losing touch with their ability to become the warrior. Mm-hmm. And it's always been an aspiration of a culture to become the warrior. And we, you know, throughout history, throughout every part of their culture, the, the warrior is almost being segregated as a bad thing now. And it's because everybody finds a lot of ease and comfort into not having to strive to be the warrior. But it's never been in our culture. You're like, oh, The Rock or, or whatever the heck other celebrity you want to come up with. Like, that's who people are filling their feed with. Right. It's like back, you know, go back a thousand years. Is like your feed would have been filled up with what's the, the baddest warrior in town doing and how's he leading his life for his family and how's he providing and how's he forging his mindset in order to make this town better. Like that's what it was all about. Everybody was interconnected and we still have that. It's in our blood. It's in our DNA, but people are forgetting and they'd rather not make the, that, that choice because it's easier for them to justify shoving their face full of Ben and Jerry's and watching Netflix all night. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned something there. So there's a couple of things there. You know, you're talking about how this person's leading the town, you know, so I know we're going to get into leadership today because that's a huge aspect, of course, of the father figure in the family and, you know, just being a dad in general. But then, you know, you also mentioned something about putting down that warrior aspect. And I feel like over the years now with people just getting and not to put this whole thing down because I, I get the whole point behind it, but it's like these participation trophies or, you know, in competitions and things like that, you know, we're kind of putting down that, that male attitude, that, that Yang aspect to, you know, the male, the male way. And I feel like it's just kind of like, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You should be more gentle. You should be more in touch with your soft side or your feminine side or things like that. And it's not to say that a person can't have a soft side, but it doesn't mean that they have to be soft in nature. What do you think about that? Man, I'm going to write a book. I'm probably going to end up writing a couple of books because I want people to understand this. And I've known it since I was a kid. And you see these things transpire in your life. But I'll never forget. I, my dad is, you know, I'll say this again, and I'm sure it will come up a lot of more, a lot more, but my dad is one of the greatest leaders that I've had in my life for a lot of different reasons, what to do, what not to do. But at the end of the day, there were times where I wanted to do something with my father and he either engaged or he didn't engage. It was either like, dad, let's go run down the street. And he was like, I'm good right now. I've got this going on and this, this, and this. Or it was like, dad, let's go, let's go in the boat and go fishing. All right, let's go. And it's a choice. And you can let kids push you if you let them. There's always going to be an excuse and there's always going to be a distraction to let the kids distract you. Kids will make it more difficult for you. Do you think that I want to go run down the street every second of the day or, or do something with my kids? Like, let's go jump in the freezing cold pool. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I have no problem doing that. I've been torturing myself my whole career. But at the end of the day, he's driving me to be better, but I have to let him do that. And the problem is, the reason I say that first it's because people are getting so used to making the excuse of not letting their kids push them. And that goes along with exactly what you just said about participation trophies and everything else to make them feel better about fitting in. It's all about, it's all about catering to their emotional and current state of well-being 
with no drive, no push, no adversity, no challenge, and ultimately you are you are doing nothing but bad and and negative things and impact for their future mm-hmm. because they're trying to they want to push themselves but they need you to validate that for them and when it comes to the parent when it comes to the coach when it comes to the teacher and all those people guess what path is easier to take the easier the path, path where you don't let them challenge you you don't have to do anything to sit there and be like oh you know what guys everybody's the same Everybody needs to get along. Everybody needs to be on the playing field. Like, dude, I've been researching relativism like it's going out of style. Uh-huh. And I have been like really, really, really diving into what relativism means. And if nobody's right, everybody's right. And everybody's just on the same playing field. And everybody's just got to kind of get along and play into what everybody else is going on. If I'm a coach, it's easier for me to take that path than pull somebody aside and have a really freaking hard conversation and say, you know what? What you're doing is just not cutting it. You're slacking. You're not putting the effort into it. You're not challenging yourself and your parents suck because they're not putting the extra time and effort into that. What you need, you want to be a better baseball player. You want to be a better football player. I can see it, but you're failing because your parents are letting you fail. And I'm letting you fail because Uh nobody wants to make you go cry on the bench to confront the hard truths that you need to face. And it is a tough conversation. Bottom line, it's a tough conversation to have. Guess what? I've, I've talked like this before, but I have four kids and now I have no problem saying it. And I've experienced these things and I'm learning every day. I got a nine year old son every day. I'm starting to understand how he's developing, how he's growing. What investment have I made since he was born till right now has played out and come to fruition. What hasn't worked? What has worked? And I'm going to continue to learn through that and through kids that I've developed over my lifetime, my nephews, my nieces. And, the end of the day, it's like we keep trying to put everything in a box when all they need and everything they need is to be pushed and challenged. They need to confront the hard truths, except people just want to take that path of least resistance. Parents and teachers and coaches would just rather not confront the more difficult things because then it's a piece of paperwork they need to fill out or somebody's going to slap them on the hand or somebody's going to say that's you're being intolerant or you're being anything that we categorize people it's insane. I mean, we are literally getting everybody to be weaker yeah. And, and as a whole. And it's really starting to affect our future generations of what they're looking up to. And if you look at the modern household and the modern parenting style, like, uh, I got to go work. So here, here's an iPad here. Here's some video games. Oh. Like, just go, just go rot your brain on the couch while I do what I want to do because I'm being effing selfish and I can't, confront the fact that, you know what, my kids need me. The most valuable place that I can be is in front of my kids. And we all are not immune to it. And you're going to be distracted. There's going to be things that come up, but I just challenge everybody to continue to take the path that's harder to, to confront what's going to make them better. Even if it's going to make them cry, even if it's uncomfortable for you, you've got to be able to step up and do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, that ties in with, you know, I'm sure you're already teaching, all four of your kids, um, these two main key points that anybody that goes to the website, uh, which is dynamisalliance.com, and we'll mention that again later too. But anybody that goes to that site and starts reading around or poking out, you know, poking around the internet, looking more into you, they're going to come away with two things: the will to fight mindset and the crush everything attitude, right? And I'm sure you're already instilling that in your kids, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. Those those two things. 
And we always need something in the human form, in the physical form to connect with. And Crush Everything came out of one of my best friends that was killed uh, overseas. Uh, I was with him, Louis Safran. Uh, I honor him every day. He was made such an impact on me. And we would go to the gym. We would go free dive. We would go on target. We would go uh, train to do uh, IED detection. I mean, the list goes on. Uh-huh. And we would always be like, let's go crush it. Let's go crush it. We're going to crush this. We're going to crush that. It even got to the point where we're like, we're going to go crush some snacks and crush lunch. And eventually <laughs> it just, it, you know, we were so, we just used it all the time. You know, after he was killed, you know, I started to look around and, and the effort that we put into things is like, when we did it, we did it with everything that we possibly could. You know, we didn't want to waste any time. We knew life was short and we knew how valuable it was to put the effort into what we wanted to accomplish and it could be running. It could be free diving was a big thing. We did a lot. And anything we trained in, we were like, we got to go a thousand percent. There's no, if you hold back at all, we're missing an opportunity every day. There's an opportunity. So when we started to say crush all those things, you know, at the end, I was like, you know, we always just crushed everything we did. And it was an attitude that we both instilled in each other. And we both cultivated in each other. And we both validated in each other. Mm-hmm. And you need to do that with people. And we all have a choice to have an attitude. Whatever we are confronted with, it's the attitude that we're faced with every single moment. And I try to be positive in everything that I do, but that crush everything attitude is exactly what it is. It's like I can have a crappy attitude throughout the day and be negative and have negative self-talk and be like, I'm going to kind of do this half-heartedly. It's like, hey, man, once this time goes by, you don't get it back. And at the end of the day, like without – you need to apply that effort to everything that you do because when the day ends or the week ends or the year ends, I really don't want you or anybody else or myself or my family looking back on the year and be like, man, you know what? We didn't really try our hardest. We just kind of did it half. We did it 50%. We did it 25%. And you know what? If we just tried a little bit harder, like maybe we would have accomplished X, Y, and Z. And at the end of the day, if I put a thousand percent of my heart and my attitude into be, into crushing everything that's laid in front of me every day, I'm not going to look back at the end of today, Jim, and say, man, I could have just done a little bit more. Like, I'm, I'm doing this podcast. I'm crushing this podcast with you. The second I get off this, I am going to go do something with my team to make my team better, and then I'm going to go crush some content, and then I'm going to go crush something else that's going to ultimately put me in a, in a state of momentum to not let anything get in my way and just have that attitude. So I think people are given a choice. And at the end of the day, you need to make, am I going to go after this with a thousand percent of myself or am I going to half-ass it with a half heart? And I just challenge people to, to put that thousand percent effort in. And then the other mindset, well, well, first, let me just connect that with my kids real quick. Uh, one of the things that we've got going on over the last week and we're always evolving, always adapting, but there is the, you know, there is no try, only do, right? right? Yep. But when my kids are attempting something, you know, it's all about context. We talk about firearm safety. We can talk about that, you know, maybe if we get to it in this, but there's a, there's a real connection with how you're teaching your kids. It's very, very important to have context. But if my kids are two or three, they might not understand there is no try only do They're like, wait, what? what the heck are you talking about? Like, uh, yeah, no, I'm trying right now. Like the way they, they understand and consume information for my kids in the very beginning, it was to always try. And I told my son lately, now that he's nine, I was like, all right, son. I was like, there's still try. 
And now eventually when you become more of an adult, you're going to understand that you're going to graduate too. There is no try. There's only do. And I think that this is an important transition there because it was important for me at a young age to tell my kids to try no matter what they did, no matter what they attempted, whether it was talking, moving, working out, swimming, I always made them try. When I talk about good reps, like I always say, always get good reps in. And even if that's with my kid, even if it's me standing there for an hour, suffering through the, the crying and the, and the not understanding why they're sitting there doing it, is like I always connect the why with what they're doing, but no matter what it was, I always made them attempt it first. Even if it was my daughter lifting her hand up to grab something that she didn't want to do. If I at least got that connection, I was happy with it. It was a win. It was like, all right, you moved in the direction of forward momentum. I didn't let you quit and I didn't let you walk away no matter what it was. And believe me, are there challenges there? Absolutely. It's never going to be perfect, but I always strive to get good reps with my kids to move forward in the right direction. They both wear crush everything shirts. They both know what it means. I mean, it's the cutest thing. My daughter will be like, I crushed everything, daddy. I'm like, <laughs> yes, like, please, somebody capture this moment. Like, it just warms my heart. But, yeah. you know, the kids know at this point that there is no such thing as letting go and quitting. Like, they all look at me, even when it's tough and my daughter wants to start crying, she looks at me and she's like, I, I know what you're going to do to me next. You're going to stand here over me until I do something. So at least let me connect the reality of it and do something forward moment or try to talk. And uh, it's an amazing thing because my boy is nine. I don't even have to tell him anymore. They, I don't even have to speak to him. He knows, all right, I'm at least going to try to move this or pick this up or lift it or push it or talk through it. He knows that there's no other option but to try. And now we've got an inside thing going on about be like, all right, buddy, you know, you're going to graduate to there's no try. There's only do. So now he knows it's just about action. So these, my kids even understand to put a thousand percent effort in everything they do without backing up a little bit. And I think That's awesome. the application of the will to fight is something where I, I want everybody listening to this right now to understand that the will to fight is your absolute last resort. It's the last ounce of strength that you have left. And there's two modes for me. Like I'm even getting passionate and emotional right now to talk about how many times that I've had to rely on it. And you need to be able to recognize which state of mind you're in because people wear the crush everything shirt. And you might wake up, you know, not getting great sleep and waking up in the day and be like, man, I'm not crushing everything. I'm not crushing half the things right now, you know, but at least doing the best you can. Sometimes we're going to have to fall back on that ability to find our will to fight through those seconds and those moments that are so difficult to get through that we're not crushing much of anything. And in order to get back to that state of mind, we have to fight with every ounce of strength that we have. Yeah. I don't care if it's going through cancer, a surgery, a loss of a family member. I mean, there are moments where we doubt, everybody doubts themselves at some point in their life. And we're stuck with our own thoughts. And a lot of the times, which is why faith is so important, I'm sure we're going to talk about that, but it's between me and God and my ability to get to that next step and to put one foot in front of the other and to say, listen, I have got to summon the will to engage with what's going on in my life, no matter what circumstances around me, and to be able to get all my strength just to move to the next step and say, what is going to make me fall back and what am I fighting for? What is my ability to connect my purpose of what I honor and what my faith is to me? And when it's just you, because listen, Jim, if we became best of friends tomorrow, 
at the end of the day, we're not going to be able to be here for each other a hundred percent of the time. Uh Neither am I going to be there for my wife. Neither am I going to be there for my kids. And at the end of the day, we have to have something way bigger than the people around us to be able to fall back on because we are all going to be challenged with something that we have to fight through. And that's the ability to fall back on that will to fight and engaging it with everything that you've got until you can lift your head up far enough to say, now I'm crushing a couple things. Now I'm crushing everything and now I'm in the zone. And it's that transition point. And I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, what, what are we fighting for? What's our purpose? You know, why do we exist? All those things matter of why we decide to get up every day. And when I'm at a low, low, I'm like, I got to fight. And I got to, I got to push through the will to fight. And if I have a lack of motivation or I have a lack of anything, it's my ability to dig deep down in that purpose and have it so in the forefront of my mind that I can fight for that purpose for one more second and for one more minute until I can get to the point where I'm moving fast enough to be able to say, I've got enough momentum right now that that pulled me through that fight. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, I've actually taken that, that mindset of the will to fight and I've actually applied it for my clients when I'm doing, you know, nutrition coaching or fitness coaching or something like that. And I'm telling people like, you know, it's going to be a fight to find good food. It's going to be a fight to find, you know, good quality water, uh, you know, to get up and, you know, get the reps in during the day and exercise, or if you're traveling to, you know, go down to the hotel gym or just do the exercise in your room, it's going to be that fight. And you just have to have that will to fight and like will to make yourself better and to get yourself healthier and to get yourself stronger and make yourself better. So I've actually taken that, uh, that idea and that mindset. And I've, I've applied that into, into my coaching practice and of course, into my own life too, you know, and it's just, you know, when you, when you look at it as, okay, I have a problem and this is how I'm going to fix it. Like that's that forward momentum, right? You're not just standing still and waiting for someone else to do it. You're, and that's what I teach my son. Like, all right, you have a problem, just figure out a solution. Just figure out what's your next step and how are you going to overcome that solution uh, or overcome that problem? You know, what's the solution going to be? And so he's six, you know, and he's he's doing it and he's learning it. And then, you know, him and I enrolled in jujitsu because you mentioned about, you know, being uncomfortable earlier, I think. And so it's like, you know, getting him to be um, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. So it's just getting him and then him and I practice here at the house. You know, I'll just, I won't put all my weight on him, of course, but I'll put a little pressure on him. Like, you know, just relax. You know, do you feel uncomfortable? And we'll talk through it. You know, he said, yes. I said, okay, just relax and just try to figure out what your next move is and how to do it. And so I think all of that is just kind of, you know, but again, you're, you're over, you're over top of your kids. I'm on top of my son, you know, teaching him, but we're there, right. We're connected with those people in our life, in our families, and we're taking the time to actually spend the time with them to do those things. Because something else you said before is like just putting the iPad in kids' faces. Well, I mean, there's tons of research on television and, and, and electronic devices on how it literally hypnotizes you and mesmerizes you and just keeps you fully engaged in that one media. But you think about how you were referencing earlier about how it's ingrained in our DNA, in our evolution, you know, who we're, who we're teaching the lessons to our ancestors years and years ago. Well, it was their parents and then it was the elders, right? It was the grandparents because everybody was involved in the tribe and the, the community and all that stuff. So, you know, it's just so important to engage with your kids and spend that face to face time with them and that hands on time with them. And I mean, you hit, you hit every single one of those points, but I just kind of wanted to tie that in, get people thinking like, yeah, it wasn't just the teachers in school that were the teachers, right? 
it was it was us. It was the parents. Mm-hmm. It was the fathers. It was the mothers. It was the grandparents. Um, and then, of course, it was learning through experience, uh, not just watching through a window, uh, you know, like like a, like looking at a TV. It's not just looking through a window. It's just actually getting out there and doing it. So yeah. I, I, that's awesome. And, you know, yeah. and one of the things that you always say or some of the things that I've heard you reference before is that we are only as good as our last as the last move we made. Yes. Right. So. I wanted you. I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because I really like that, and I think I think there's a deeper meaning there, totally. without actually ever hearing you really go too deep into that. So that was actually something I was curious for myself that I that I think it would be really good to share with other people. So we are only as good as the last move we made. Just talk about yeah, that briefly. Absolutely. There's so many things that you just hit on that I wanted to get into, but uh, I, sure. I do. The, the you're only as good as your last move started to connect with me, you know, throughout my career and definitely, you know, post-military career. But every move we have the choice to make, we are given an opportunity to do it well or to not do it well. And even just in the instance of a fight, for example, you know, I teach self-defense, my passion, you know, I've hunted bad guys my whole career. So I know how to reverse engineer that and I know how to protect people and I know how to hunt people. So the in-between is a really good solution to be able to understand how to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And with that being said is even in a fight, traditional martial arts, you know, you screw something up or you don't get it right. And they're like, oh, hold on. I messed that combo up. Let me go back to the mat and figure it out. I'm like, uh, no, you don't get that opportunity in real life. So I'm not going to give it to you here on the mat. And at the end of the day, each move that I make is deliberate. And I have an opportunity for my next move. So if I screw my move up, I'm only as good as the last move that I made. So I have to correct my behavior and I have to correct, correct my technique. I have to correct my mindset. Whatever I did in that last move is an opportunity to learn and adapt to be better. So if I walk in and I, and I get into a fight and I screw something up, and I'm only as good as that movement that I made, I need to find a way to correct that really quick. If I walk into the kitchen and I have an argument with my wife and we have a a bad argument and and I do things that I know I could have been better because I let my ego get in the way. And I'm like, oh, I walk out of the room. I'm like, you know what? Right now, I'm only as good as the last move that I made with her and I need to correct that. I need to suck it up. I I need to put my pride aside and walk in there, tell her I love her, tell her that, you know, we're focusing on this and then fix it. And I have an opportunity to correct it. So everything that we do, every interaction that we have, we have an opportunity to make it better. And I really carry the last move with me. If my last move sucked, well, I better fix it with something else. And if I walk by with somebody on the street and, I'm, and they're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude, I'm having a bad day. Well, you know what? I'm going to carry that with me until I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go above and beyond when I walk into Dunkin' Donuts. And they're like, hey, how's your day? I'm like, you know what? absolutely amazing how's your day going how really how are you like i want to fix and course correct everything that i do so i can find the best version of myself on the other side in in that next move that i make that's awesome that's really awesome i love that (laughs) i actually was i didn't know what to expect from that answer or you know what your answer is going to be but that's awesome i love those examples what you're talking about with the wife and the argument right um Cause you know, we're using things, you know, we're using words like the will to fight, crush everything. So, you know, you mentioned like in an actual fight, right. But then you applied it to something that's more practical for someone, you know, who might be listening that 
isn't going to be in that situation, right? But they are going to be in the situation of walking in, having their ego high, not being able to put their pride aside. And if they listen to this and they remember what you said and they remember those words and remembering that you're only as good as your last move, then they go back in, they put their pride aside, they fix things with their wife, they fix things with their kids. Absolutely. You know, they're not jerks to people on the street or something like that. That can so have a huge important. impact, you know, because so like, those, those are the real things that matter. You know, other people, you know, what you see people chasing on Instagram is, you know, the, the six pack abs, if you're in the fitness world or, you know, uh, money, if you're in the business world and, you know, the, the private planes and the Ferraris and all that kind of stuff. And those are what people are, you know, chasing. And it's yeah. like, you, you got to realize what is really important in life. You're like, you're not going to, they're not going to bury you with your Ferrari and your jet. Right. But it's your legacy. That's going to stay behind who you were as a person and the impact that you made. And even if it is just engaging with people on the street and be like, wow, that, that guy, Dom actually asked me like, you know, how, how my day was. And he was really interested and you never know. And I tell my clients, it's like, you have to change your perspective and you have to change the way you think about certain things. Like you, you could, you could give somebody a compliment on their shoes or the, the shirt that they're wearing or the tie that they're wearing. And just that one little compliment could brighten up their whole day. Like you have no idea what people are going through. They could be having the worst day of their life and there could actually be a story behind that tie or you know what you know, you know what? i'm gonna i'm gonna interject real quick because yeah, you yeah. said you said the one little thing that you say could change their day but i even go like everything i do to dissect how we're thinking communicating and, and processing information i would even go as far as to say the one little thing that you do will impact their day because the momentum and the what you project and what you are able to accomplish you are having a positive impact on people I mean, I've had so many people come into my life and say one little thing in one-liners that stuck with me forever, more than anybody lecturing me for three hours, you know, like just in that moment. And we have an opportunity to give that to people all day long. We could talk to 20 people today that we'll never see again in our entire life, but we could have the opportunity to change the outcome of their success or their well-being with just one and just by one thing that we said. And it's, and it's so true because – that's why every opportunity I see, I'm like, this is an opportunity to make the world a better place, you know, yeah. even in those small interactions. So that's really important that you said that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I actually like that correction because I, I, I do that with myself and with my son. And just, instead of saying I need to or I have to, instead yep. of saying just I'm going to or I get to or I want to. It, it, it just has that better feel too. So I, I need to go to the grocery store today or I need to drop my son off at school today. No, I get to do that. I'm blessed yes. enough to actually Absolutely. go to the grocery store and, and go buy, you know, good food for my family and cook that food. And I get to drive my son to school instead of just having him get on the bus and I get to spend that time with him. So I, I like that instead of uh, possibly or, or, you know, leaving it up in the air because um, yeah. I, I don't like uncertainty. So I just... I get so passionate about this stuff. And honestly, Jim, like we every day, like the value of life, I've been given the value of life pretty extensively. It's I've watched it be taken away from a lot of people that I loved and I've seen it, you know, come and go. And at the end of the day, I have a very, very, very high value on life. Mm-hmm. So those little interactions, when I get to hang out with my daughter for five minutes, at the kitchen table. I'm like, what are we talking about? How was your day? How are you doing? It's an opportunity to engage. Like going to the grocery store should be fun. Like every little thing that we do that we're given an opportunity to people have fragmented and disconnected themselves so much from being present with just what's in their hand. Like, hold on. I'm checking my Instagram. I'm like you're with your kids, put your phone away. 
Stop looking at your phone. And believe me, I'm guilty of it, but I always talk about triggers and neurolinguistic programming. And like, if I pick up my phone, like my kids keep me accountable and I love it. I'm like, my son's like, you know, we're hanging out. And I'm like, dude, you are absolutely right. Phone's going away and not touching it for the rest of the day. Let's go. Like yeah. he knows that much. Like he knows that I don't have it out one together. So when it is out, he catches me. And I'm like, I'm a, that's why if you're not, if you don't see me posting and I'm not out there on, on the internet, that's because I'm spending quality time with my family or my team. And I'm in it. I'm very present. If, I, if you don't see me on there, that's exactly what I'm doing. So, you know, people need to lift their head up and look around them and live the life that they're being given. That's so valuable. Like those materialistic things, social media, all these distractions that we have, like use your intelligence and the brain that God gave you and recognize what you, what type of damage that you're doing to yourself and your well-being and your happiness yeah. and be present. Just, it's so hard to do in this world. That's why the, the games and the, and the electronics in front of the kids scares me so much. We have not even begun to see the impact that that's going to have. And I see kids all the time. My kids know better if I, if they're doing any schoolwork on, on the iPad and we do it very, 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 very sparingly. We do it very strategically. They have to have permission. Like we want them to understand technology, but it's very, very, very selective. Yeah. And they even know when they're going from one room to another, not to stare at the iPad when they're going from one room to another. Guess what habit they're building? Guess what rep you're giving them? You're giving them a rep to stare in their phone when they're walking down the street when they're 25 years old. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to run into the street. They're going to run over. They're going to get robbed. They're going to get punched in the face. They're going to get they're, – they're, you are not setting them up for success. Yeah. So if you think that letting them stare in the technology, this hypnotizing device from going from room to room is a good thing, you're wrong. Anyway, that's one nuance. But – it's really important to get people to understand to be present with what they're doing and just be all in with, yeah. especially if you're with your kids. I mean, it's also talking about posture too, right? So you're talking about NLP and things like that, but you're also talking about posture, right? So someone who's happy doesn't have usually poor posture. They try to stand up straight, right? They're confident. But when someone slouches with the head down, forward head posture, rounding of the shoulders and the spine, because they're constantly in that flexion position, you know, and you're, teaching them to walk with a device and look down. I tell my son, even when we would just walk, you know, he'd want to see like what's in front of him. Like, look, you can use your vision to see what's in front of you without actually having to look down at your feet. Like pay attention when we're walking through the parking lot. I want you to pay attention. You know, I tell him like, you know, where the, where are the safe spots to get to? Like if you're in a parking lot, okay, where's a safe spot to get to, you know, like God forbid if he was ever in a parking lot by himself or whatever, and he needed to figure out how to get out of the way of danger He's like the curb right there or he'll say, or the grass over here. It's like, good, let's go get to that. And we'll go do that. And then the one time I had him, this was, I don't know, probably about six months ago. I had him pay attention from the truck. We were going into target. I had to pay attention. It's like, you're going to get us back to the truck from target. So pay attention. Ready? And we're just walking this way. I said, look for landmarks, look for different things that are going to give you clues to how you're going to get back here. He got us all the way back to the truck. (laughs) That's awesome. And it's just like those little things like, and it's fun too, right? It's like fun to watch him look and figure it out and it's getting him thinking. And yeah, man, I, 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 all the, all those little things that you do, you know, any, any parents listening to this, or if you plan on having kids, there's no bigger investment that you can make besides your faith than in your kids. The future of the world of what you have right in front of you, the the very being that you were able to create or have an opportunity to be a part of, you have the ability to mold that human being into something so special. Uh-huh. And no amount of money in the world, no material thing, no house, no any experience that you're going to go do 
is worth over giving them the tools they need to be successful. Invest your time in your children. I mean, as I fight and as I grow and as I continue to learn how to run a business, everything that I do is, is geared towards making the world a better place and finding a way to control my time in order to spend it with my family. And for me, that's really the investment. I mean, my son's at work with me right now. I take him to work with me every week. I take my son and my, now I'm starting to take my daughter. So nice. we, we homeschool. And we, Do you? Uh, you oh yeah, oh yeah. We we are very. Well, I mean, we we're very deliberate about how we interact, and we to me, it's a very very important thing because they're so moldable at this age that if you let them go to somebody that you know you don't know what their views or values are, and all of a sudden they get like they they will get into your kids' heads to the point where they start questioning what you're telling them. Right. And it's a very scary place to be. You know, you go to a coach, it's like, you don't need to try that hard. You don't need to do that. You're like, wait a minute, what are you telling my kids? You know, but at the end of the day, like I bring them to work with me because that professional development they're getting in the building is, is irreplaceable. Absolutely. Like I, I, I can take my kids to a meeting and I let him talk at the meeting. I'll let him even bring up designs and I'll let him sketch some stuff and say, all right, buddy, what do you have to say? He'll get up, he'll brief people, he'll talk to people, he'll answer questions, he'll go ship up, ship packages out. Like, He's involved. So the, the life experience that he's getting at nine years old is invaluable, you know? So he's getting like the real live uh, interaction. And I mean, I could go into my whole methodology of what I, what I believe, but you know, I've, anyway, not to get too down a rabbit hole with that. <laughs> well, I did want you to bring up some, you've mentioned this word a bunch of times and anybody that follows you on Instagram or, or starts to follow you on Instagram, they'll see, you're definitely a man of faith, right? And even one of your things, I think, uh, on your Instagram, you know, like in that little bio section or whatever, it's a uh, warrior for Christ, right? If I remember, yes. if I remember right. Yes, sir. So tell me a little bit about how you implement faith into your family, into your kids. What are some of the things, you know, you, you read from the Bible, you read passages. How do you bring that as a father to your family and implement that? into their lives. Yeah. I mean, first of all, what I want to say is, cause I always have to try to connect why I'm so passionate about this to other people that are having a hard time or struggling with their faith mm -hmm. or don't believe in God. And what I want, what I try to explain to people now as I evolve my communication is from a very early age, I've always looked to be the best version of myself as I possibly can. I went in, to the military at 17 years old. I went through SEAL training. I went to SEAL Team 2. And then I seeked out how to go and be a part of SEAL Team 6. I did that my whole career. I was striving to always try to find to be the best at what I was doing and how to find the edge to be the best version of myself, the strongest, mentally sharp, effective human being that I could possibly be. I've always had faith, but not like I do now because I had an opportunity to strengthen and understand it. And when I got out and I started to dive into what the teachings were, what the gospel says, what history has taught us, and so many other factors, is like I am continuing to strive to be the best version of myself. And I have understood and educated myself on other aspects of religion, other parts of the world. I've been all over the world more times than I can count. And ultimately, everything that I do has led me back to Christ, back to understanding what Christ came to the earth to teach. 
nobody in the world will deny that Christ existed. Okay, you have the most powerful and impactful story that's ever been written in humankind. And everything from the Old Testament to the New Testament validates itself and it's cross-referenced so many times that is undeniable. And I, without even knowing that first, have kept getting called back to the church in a way that I can't even explain. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe everything happens for a reason. And I've been on pilgrimages overseas. I've been to Italy. I've uh, been where Christ has walked. I've been to all these places and researched things to, I mean, I'm on a mission right now to continue to be able to convey why this is so important. Uh And ultimately with the values and principles that God has given us through the life of Christ walking this earth and what he's taught us through all of his interactions throughout the Bible, it is, it is undeniably the most, the, the greatest human experience and life system that we have. And I don't know what else to say other than that, than it being completely divine and Christ calling us to a path that's much greater than we can understand. And when I look in a world that's so broken and so confused and so lost and so just in, de- in a state of depression and everything that Christ gives us allows us to correct those things and gives us a path and a journey that literally finds our true happiness, gives us a path to understand how to love more gives us a path how to be honest with ourselves, gives us an ability to be accountable. I mean, all the things that we truly want in life, that we know we, we need, they're right in front of us. But yet we just get distracted over and over and over again. And that's why it's become so important for me to convey that to the world in any way that I can, because I am a thousand percent convicted, a thousand percent convicted that Christ came here to, re- to hit the reset button and teach us how to live as human beings. And since I've started to do that, and really, really, really take it into my heart and live that in every way that I possibly can, it has transformed my life to truly understand happiness, to love my wife better, to be a way better father. Like the church and being in church and understanding Christ has transformed my life. I mean, I, I'm just telling you, like I am so much happier than I ever understood what that meant by, by understanding how to convey these things. And there's even, even scripture that, you know, we, I talk about crush everything all the time. And there's things that I can connect over and over and over again, based off of what you're going through in life, based off of what struggles you have in life. But there's a scripture in the Bible that says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might for in the realm of the dead, where you're going, there is neither working nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. Okay. We enter this world, right? And we're going to leave this world. That We're, we're all going to die, right? We're all going to go somewhere. Uh-huh. And like just that alone, like whatever your hand finds to do, do it with everything that you have, you know, because we don't, we might not have an opportunity to understand that we can do that again, but yet we have this beautiful life after we leave here. And it's, it's purpose driven in every sense of the word of understanding that you know, where, where people are lost and confused, it's because they don't have any values or principles or morals to be able to, to walk on or walk with. And again, that, that's just something that's important to me. And I, I, I have been convicted of that. This is making me the best human that I can possibly be. 
And we're all going to question things. We're all going to say, like, is this really the best thing that I could be doing? Is this true? What is truth? And I've found more truth in what I'm doing now with putting my faith first into everything that it's allowing me to see things from a different perspective than I never would have saw before. I'm 36 years old. I was in the teams for 12 years. I've done some amazing things that I would never change. But now that being on a path of finding my true happiness and purpose in life has not come from any greater place than reading scripture and understanding what Christ has called us to do. So I say I'm a warrior for Christ. And that is absolutely the truth because if you tell me that I need to pick the number one thing to do every day is to make that connection and to understand that, you know, Christ led a life that he is beside us. And when he was crucified and he sacrificed himself and suffered out of love for us at the very end of it all, even in written in scripture, you can't make this stuff up. Like he was like, why have you forsaken me, God? Right. And it's something that we all feel at times in our life. Right. And everybody at some point is going to reach a spot where they say, why have you left? Where is God? Where is God in this moment? Like I've seen, I've seen people go some, go some really, really hard times in life. And it, and it can be very difficult to be like, where I, there, there is no God. Why is God not here? And with Christ, some of his last words being like, why have you forsaken me? It's because Christ is on that path with us right next to us saying, Hey, I know how you feel, but I'm here. So it's just something that is, is made a full connection with why we exist, why we're here. And there's so much purpose behind it. And if, if I can get one person to understand the value that it can bring to their life and their true happiness without chasing their tail and being in the spin zone, because believe me with, without it, I know that people are in the spin zone. I see it every day. I'm like, Hey man, like, God loves you and there's a bigger purpose for you in life and you can find it through connecting with what God is calling you to do. And I've seen that switch flip in so many people that it's undeniable. And, and for me, it, it's just, it continues to become the most important thing that I can talk about. So, you know, you asked me, Jim, and, and honestly, like my heart is there. My family is supporting everything about where we're going as uh, a, a family unit together. And we fully try to strengthen that in each other because the more we do that, the more we can convey what that love means to us. And at the end of the day, Jim, our service to others out of love is the most selfish thing that we can do. Wow. I'm actually glad we waited to, you know, towards the end to, to talk about that. Cause I could, I could hear, you know, of course you sound the same, but I could hear the shift and I could just, the, the passion in your voice just comes across tremendously with that, you know, and I knew, I knew that's something that you were really passionate about. And so I definitely wanted to talk about that today, you know, and let people at home kind of, you know, catch a glimpse of that. And I think you gave more than a glimpse because I know you've been some through some dark times too, and you've just been connecting more and more with your faith. And it's not, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that we all have to realize as human beings, like you said, like we're, we're going to be gone one day is that we're never going to stop learning and bettering ourselves. It's not like you get to that point when you're in your sixties or your seventies and you're like, Oh, okay, I'm done. You're like, I, I bet you're going to continue to work on your faith when you're in your sixties and your seventies. And you're going to continue to work on all these things, right? Leadership and fitness and nutrition and all the things that you're involved in on a day to day basis. You know, it's just like, we're never going to be fully evolved to the point where we can say, okay, I'm done. 
you know, and so you're still working on it. You're still pushing through. And I think that's awesome, man. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say about that is the other thing too, is to connect it back to our children is that Jim, if you and I died today, what system, what value system do we have in place that we know will guide our children to a life of happiness and leadership and righteousness and to do the right thing in this world to make an impact on a love. The school system's not going to do it for you, no. right? No. Your, your football coaches are not going to do it for you. These guys can have an amazing impact, but there is no better human system that's been placed in front of us in order to make the world a better place. I mean, the world is very confused right now. You have people at each other's throats and they don't even know why. And you look at history, you know, you look at how long it's been since Christ came to the earth and the things that have transpired. I mean, if you look at Christianity, right, the largest um, faith in the world, right? I'm Catholic, by the way. And you know, so are there's, the, the, there's 1.4 billion Catholics in the world, mm-hmm. and it's the largest, it's the largest uh, devotion to Christ that is in existence. I hate that there are fragments of Christianity. I, I, it drives me crazy. But what's so important to understand is that there's a reason behind that. There's a reason there's 1.4 billion of us because we understand the connection and the lineage of what Christ said, listen, guys, this is what I need you to do. This is what is going to bring your ultimate happiness. It's like, this is, a, this is the, the church that I'm going to build for you to find that happiness in your life. And there's a reason that it's the biggest part of it. But when you look at the world and how fragmented it is, is that the further people have fallen away from that, the more confused they get. And I want my kids to understand that there is something in place for them with a way bigger purpose than they can even understand. It's like it says throughout the Bible over and over again, God's peace is beyond our understanding. Okay, eternity before us and eternity after we leave this earth is far beyond our understanding. Our past the universe and looking out into the stars is far beyond our understanding. We're not meant in our short life to understand everything that happens to us, but I absolutely believe that God has a bigger plan for all of us and everything that happens in our lives. And the closer we can get to, to understanding that path that God has put for us is like the closer we'll understand yourself, the love that you have, and that your own personal happiness is at stake with you not understanding those things. And it's there for a reason. I mean, we can go into the people that don't believe and the people that believe, but that's a whole nother conversation. Right. I just, I, all I can do is live by my actions. Like I'm never going to judge anybody else's soul for anything other than nothing. I mean, I'm, that's not my job, but my job is to love people. And in order to find their true happiness, I need to tell them like, look, there's a better path for you. I know that you're not happy and I know that you can do it better. And, and here's something that's working for me. And all I can do is live by my actions. And at the end of the day, to me, that's the most important thing I can do. You know, I, I wake up every day. I fight. I train. I make myself better in every way possible. Faith is the foundation of everything in our family. We're continuing to figure out how to strengthen that in every way we can. And, you know, I want to make an impact on the world to see people be better versions of themselves. And I truly want that. That's what, that's what I care about. Yeah. Man, I dude, I'm so pumped for this this interview, man. I'm gonna go back and listen to this thing probably like three or four times. <laughs> it's just, it was great to to hear you talk about all this stuff and and get deeper into this stuff. I, I, I had a great time doing this. I had a great time, but we're we're not done yet. So, as with every episode, I end with ten questions for our guests. These uh, these questions are inspired by James Lipton and Bernard Pivot. Um and I already kind of gave you the quick rundown for them. So you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. So number one, who is your hero? Well, we just talked about him for, right. I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. But 
you know, the, there is no greater hero in my mind than Jesus Christ, than setting the example that we can live to life to the fullest. Right. Number two, what excites you? Uh, the passion that I have for life and the passion that I'm continuing to understand every day and the things that are being revealed to me in a way that I wouldn't necessarily have seen unless I put faith first. What turns you off? People wasting their lives, people not mm -hmm. seeing their full potential and people not reaching their capability that really like I see people every day just walk through life so numb and it pains me because I want the very best for people. Um, one of the quotes that I've read a long time ago was under, being, having the ability to understand when you want something for somebody else more than they want it themselves. And man, that hit me so hard because every day, I, every day, if you work with me, I want the best for you. And you know what? Sometimes I'm going to make you uncomfortable to get the very best out of you. And it hurts me to see people not recognize their full potential. Nice. What is your favorite sound? Favorite sound? That's an interesting question. I think uh, I, I love uh, like, you know, musicals and I love, you know, when, when women sing, you know, like Enya and that, that's, I love that. Listen to that stuff. It's very relaxing to me. Mm -hmm. um, but also if I were to pick, something else i would say the ocean you know just listening to the ocean and the natural sounds of the ocean that's probably my favorite thing nice yeah i know you like to surf yeah what is your least favorite sound my least favorite sound is probably the noise that happens when i crunch on eggshells in my teeth i i it's like <laughs> i feel like i'm chewing on other teeth like it's like one of my things like if, if there's if, it's like one of my, it's like one of my only things but if there's eggshells in my eggs i won't eat them because it, and i'm not picky i'm not a picky person by any means but it drives me it spends it sends chills down my spine i just i can't do it i feel like i'm chewing on other teeth so that sound just drives me crazy <laughs> when you said chewing on other teeth that's what got me um you might have already answered this but what is your favorite quote or saying uh, I have a lot of them, but, uh, one of the ones that, that really got me through my career and something that really connected with me all the time was, uh, by George Patton. And that's a violent plan, a, a good violent plan executed right now is better than a perfect plan executed a week from now. And the thing that I want people to understand is that we're never going to have the perfect plan. And I see people hesitate all the time. Uh, a good example is like a Fitbit or a freaking thing that measures your damn steps. People are like, oh, I'm going to wear this thing. It's going to be awesome. And let me spend three hours on the computer on figuring out how to set it up. Let me figure out how to put the damn thing on. Let me figure out how to track the thing. Let me trigger, uh, connect to my – just walk. I'll just go. Just go. Stop <laughs> right. trying. The, the technology is not going to help you. You're already lazy enough. Right. Just keep moving. Like you can do way more than just getting steps in your day. Do squats and living. Do push-ups. Do burpees. Do jumping jacks. Go jump rope. Go take your dog for a walk. Like stop trying to rely on technology to tell you how many damn steps you made and how many – like 10,000 is the minimum. Like, oh, I got my 10,000 steps in. Good for you. Like you can do way more than that. And it just drives me crazy on how people will, will not – they'll hesitate. And they'll, they'll use excuses to try to, 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 to convince themselves that they're going to a certain place, but they run in circles trying to, trying to use something as an excuse in front of them. Anyway, that's another one of my pet peeves. So. <laughs> that's another conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, in a couple words, what should a dad be? Honorable, 
I think if a father can put honor first in everything that he does, he will strive very, very, very hard to do the best that he can for his kids. I think a father should look to be honorable in every sense of the word. I think a father should be honorable to their wives to set a good example for their children. You know, your reflection with your relationship with your wife and your significant other is going to ingrain and, and imprint on them on what they should be doing when they get older. And I think that's important. I think the do's and the don'ts, I think if you put honor first, that you can have a very successful fatherhood. I love it. In a couple of words, what should a dad not be? Unreliable and untrustworthy. Trust is the foundation of any relationship, especially with their children. If you say you're going to do something with your kids, I don't care what you have going on. You better do it. Yeah. I don't like if you don't put that as a high priority, if you make empty promises to your kids, if you don't follow through with your kids, you are failing. And you need to make sure that if you open your mouth to say, I'm going to do something for you, you better follow through with it and build that trust with your kids because that is the foundation of the relationship that you'll have with them for the rest of your life. Yeah. I'm sitting here nodding my head as you're talking. It's like, absolutely. 100% agree. All right. If you could try any other profession, what would it be? Well, God is definitely calling me to more ministry and, and, you know, getting people to understand how valuable that, uh, you know, walking in faith is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that being a growing part of my life, I think that if there was something that I could do to impact the world, to understand Christianity, it's something that I would dive into. Um, I have obviously four kids, which I'm, you know, raising my own disciples right now. And um, it's, it's important to know my impact needs to be there first. Mm -hmm. And then as that grows, I think if I, if I wasn't in that situation before I was single, and if I understood faith like I do now, I'd probably start taking a journey to impact the world uh, with faith more. Nice. And finally, what would you like to be remembered for? Just making the world a better place and, and getting people to understand who Christ really is and that we've been given many options in this world and we've been given many choices and the choice to follow Christ and understand what impact we can make on the world out of love and peace and service to others is something that's more powerful than I've ever been able to understand before. And I have a very intimate relationship with violence and, and understanding the love of Christ has made me understand that violence even more because of what evil represents in the world. And if we don't take a stand for evil, then we will be remembered for nothing. And I always say that stand for something or fall for anything. I like that. I like that a lot. Dom, thank you so much for being on here. Tell people a couple places that they can find you on social media, your website, um, anything. Where, where do you want people to find you? What, what's the next steps that you want people to take? Yeah, we just launched a new apparel brand, AdaptiveX. You know, it's all it's all related to uh, AdaptiveX.com is giving people a functional clothing so they can go out, be prepared, change their mindset. You know, we say changing the way you think by what you wear because we want you to engage and say, you know, I'm walking out of my house. 
I want people to be a better version of themselves just by engaging with the stuff that we're putting out. Mm-hmm. CrushEverything.com, that is obviously one of our things and one of the things I say to myself every day. We've got lifestyle apparel that gets people to understand and give them reminders. Give them reminders. I mean, I've got a guy right now, uh, Scott, he's just an amazing human being. He's gone through a serious, tough time in his life, and he's been using Crush Everything in the World to fight to change the way he thinks and applies his approach to everything he does. And I, I love it. I love seeing that in people because it inspires me. And, you know, those are the two places. You know, I'm on Instagram, Dom Rosso. And, you know, everything that I do, I just care about seeing people to be better versions of themselves. We're constantly evolving you know i'm starting to do speaking engagements more i'm starting to engage more uh with with ministry i'm probably going to write books for people to understand how to be better versions of themselves just through what i've learned my experiences that's all it is is like how did how did i get to where i am today and how do i continue to evolve my mindset i think that's something i'm going to continue to work on and eventually probably make our own podcast i love these things i think you learn a lot from them and you know we just did one with uh, team never quit you know we did one over there and I talked very passionately about, you know, something that gave me the will to fight and why I say all these things uh-huh. and why, why I started to really understand how God was important was, you know, I had a helo go down uh, with 17 of my best friends on it. And, uh, you know, that changed my life. And right. uh, I think if you want to learn more about me there too, you can go check that podcast out. Yeah. I was going to mention that, you know, cause that's extortion 17. If nobody knows about that, definitely check that out. Educate yourselves a little bit more on that. Um, like Dom said, it's team never quit podcast. It's a really good one. I've heard that. Uh, I've listened to it a couple of times. Um, so it's definitely a great interview. Learn a lot more about Dom in different light, um, and kind of like more military side. And speaking of that, um, me and my son wanted to say thank you for your service. I taught him that, you know, anytime that we see any kind of military personnel, veteran, uh, you know, someone wearing, you know, a veteran hat or police officer, fireman, something like that. He always stops and says, thank you for your service. So he knows I was going to talk to you today, talk to you today. And he wanted me to let you know that. And I wanted to say that too. So thank you again for your service for, for this country. That's great, man. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and I would do it again in a heartbeat. And thanks to all the guys serving out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, Dom, thank you so much. It was such an honor and a pleasure to have you on the warrior dad's podcast. I really, really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best with everything, brother. Thanks, brother. Keep leading and uh, God bless. Thank you. You too. Bye. Out. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again and keep on being a Warrior Dad.